0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we continue to pray, Lord God, for the church and the needs of the church and the responsibilities of the church, the financial needs, Lord. Thank you that up till now you've been so faithful. The people of God have been faithful. And Lord, we've been able to meet all of our expenses and all of our responsibilities and requirements. And we pray right now that you would bless the offering, bless the gift and the giver, Lord, however that is uh, turned into the church, that you would bless it we ask you to bless the reading of your word here this evening, Lord. Thank you to those that are here. Thank you to those that are watching us online. That, Lord, they would be blessed and encouraged and fed from your word here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture today. So I hope that uh, you don't mind me doing a lot of reading. Uh, But I'm going to start with verses 1 through 6 here in Galatians chapter 1. And it says this, Paul, an apostle "...sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen." I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Now, last week we focused on verse number four, and it says this, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God, the will of our God and Father. And we focused on two words. We focused on the word rescue, and we focused on the word evil. And last week we saw a video of people who had actually been rescued real stories stories of people that have been rescued because they were caught in a dangerous situation that required someone else's help and if that someone else didn't come to help them they would have died they would have ended up dying they were not able to do anything themselves they were completely helpless and hopeless and thank god someone was available to help them and rescued them and they didn't die sadly there's a lot of situations in life where no one's there to rescue them they do end up dying and they we do end up losing loved ones in that way but in these cases there was someone there to rescue them and then we showed you a person Uh, For example, some of these that we showed you were a person hanging uh, from a cliff that was rescued by a firefighter in a helicopter. We showed you a person that was trapped and drowning in a riptide in the ocean. We showed you a person that was trapped in a car that was on fire, and we showed you a person that was trapped underneath a car. And then we also showed you a scene of a young lady that had been kidnapped and was being held captive by an evil, sadistic, mentally deranged killer. But she was rescued by a 911 operator. That was a movie scene that we saw. And sadly, as we mentioned last week, there are very evil people in the world that are intent on harming others. But God is great, and He's good, and He's with us. Can you say Amen, church? But and and all of these individuals were in situations that required outside help and were not able to save themselves and we compare that to our salvation however you came to christ whatever your story is whatever your testimony is god literally rescued you from going to hell and i don't know about you but i sure am glad for that day when god saved me church Maybe you're not, but I am for that day where God rescued me, and you should be happy for that day when God rescued you. And we learned that Jesus Christ gave himself to rescue us. He saw that we could not rescue ourselves. We were the ones trapped under the car. We were the ones trapped in a car that was on fire. We were the ones that were drowning in the riptide in the ocean. We were the ones hanging on a cliff ready to plunge to our death. We were the ones in bondage and being held in captivity by the powers of hell and the devil. We were in a situation where we could not, help ourselves we could not save our save ourselves we were completely helpless completely hopeless ephesians two twelve says this remember that at that time you were separate from christ excluded from citizenship in israel and foreigners to the covenants and promise of the promise without hope and without god in the world we were without god and yet god saved us Thank God for that day when in our desperation and in our sin, we cried out to Jesus. We said, Jesus, save me, and he rescued us. When we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we cried out to God to save us and rescue us and forgive us, the Bible tells us that Jesus literally rescued us. Not only did Jesus rescue us from the bondage of sin, but he also rescued us from the powers of hell and evil and the devil. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14 says this. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He literally ripped us away from the grasp of the devil and us going to hell, and He saved us, and now we are children of God. Praise God for that. It says uh, in Acts twenty six eighteen, it says, To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And this leads us to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, which is our text for tonight. And it says this, I am astonished. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different world gospel the galatians needed to remember that god specifically called the apostle paul and barnabas to preach the gospel to them the holy spirit sent them to galatia on their first missionary journey remember in the book of acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 the bible says this now in the church at antioch there were prophets and teachers barnabas simeon called niger lucius of cyrene Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Listen. The reason you're here this evening, the reason I'm here this evening is because at some time in our lives, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, sent someone your way to tell you about... Jesus to let you know about Christ. That's how much Christ loves you. That's how much Christ cares about you. That's how much Christ cares about me. He literally took the time to send someone specifically to reach you right where you they were at, right where you were at. And it's the same thing with the Galatians. God sent Paul and Barnabas To the Galatians, the Galatians were totally lost and in darkness spiritually. The gospel had not been preached to them. They had never heard of the name of Jesus Christ. They had no clue about salvation and the forgiveness of sins. But on that day that Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel to them, they got miraculously saved. God rescued them. I want to show this map of the region or the state of Galatia, which was part of the Roman Empire. And I want to highlight these churches once again. All right. This is just a quick review. This is a state of Galatia in the Roman Empire, and it's in the country of what is today Turkey. In that time, it was called Asia and Asia Minor. But this is a state of Galatia, and there are 4 ch- at least four churches that we know of that existed in the state of Galatia. There's Antioch, Lystra, Iconium, and Derbe, at least four churches there. And I'm mentioning them because we're going to mention them right now. And guess what? God sent Paul and Barnabas to that region, to those cities to bring salvation to the people in those cities. In Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 10, it says this. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. In Lystra, there sat a man that was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. These people in Lystra saw a miracle, a supernatural act of God right in their face. In Acts chapter 14, verses 20 through 22, it says, But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas led for Derbe. Derbe and Lystra are two of the cities in Galatia. They preached the gospel in that city and won, and listen to this, and won a large number of disciples. A lot of people got saved when they were preaching there. Then they returned to Lystra, another city in Galatia, Iconium, another city in Galatia, and Antioch, another city in Galatia. God sent them there specifically to preach the gospel and to see that these people got saved. And then it says in verse 22, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith encouraging them to remain true to the faith what am i doing tonight i'm encouraging you to remain true to the faith to remain true to jesus no matter how hard things get no matter how complicated things get no matter how crazy things get no matter how much temptation there is you remain true to your faith in jesus christ that's what the apostle paul was doing and then the apostle paul says this we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of god listen Sometimes it's not easy following the Lord. There's a lot of sacrifice involved. There's some pain. There's some hurt. It's just not an easy thing sometimes to follow the Lord, to do what's right. What did the Apostle Paul instruct the churches and saints in Galatia to do? To remain true to the faith. Don't forget how God rescued you. You may have to go through some hard times, but don't forget how God rescued you. Don't forget the miracles that you saw with your own eyes. Don't forget the man in Lystra that was lame from birth and how God supernaturally and miraculously healed him. One of the things that God constantly warns us about is not to forget how he rescued us, where we came from. Again, each of us has our own story. Each of us has our own account of what we were, what we were doing, what were we about when God came into our lives. And God wants us to remember how blind we were, how lost we were, how ignorant we were, how hopeless and helpless we were before we came to Christ. This is one of the things that the Israelites were constantly guilty of. They would forget how God rescued them from their life of bondage. They would forget how God saved them from their terrible suffering and pain and torture and desperation listen to what it says in numbers chapter 11 verse 5 where god is constantly telling the israelites constantly telling the people of god constantly telling you and me don't forget where you came from and what i brought you from numbers eleven five. it says this remember that you were slaves in egypt and the lord your god brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, Egypt in the Bible always represents the world, or when we were in the world, when we were lost without God in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, this is a long section of Scripture, so kind of be patient with me as I read it. But it's pretty powerful. It says this. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase And may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten, listen to this in verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied... Praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat, And are satisfied when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord, your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock, He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. One of the things that god instructed the israelites to do is he says make sure that you teach these commands to your children make sure that you go over the history of what i've done for you to your kids make sure you talk to them share the stories with them of how i came and how i rescued you from bondage and egypt and how i created the world make sure you go over this with your kids teach your kids what's going on one of the things that's happening in the United States of America today is sadly our kids are not being taught about God. They're not being taught about God in school. They're not going to church being taught about God in church. They're ignorant and naive about God. And how many of you would agree our nation is suffering as a result? Now it just so happens, it just so happens that I happen to see Andy and Carissa and let me see who else is back there. I see Amanda and Nini. and and Vivian, my own daughter, and even Angel. And you know what's interesting about this? Especially with Andy and, and uh, I just said, Carissa. Okay, their, their parents used to come to church faithfully all the time. And the good thing that their parents did is they brought their kids, which included Andy and Carissa, and Adam, their older brother, they would always bring them to church. And you know what's blessing me right now? Because, because their parents made sure to bring them to church. Now they're in church here tonight. And you know why they're in church here tonight? Because there's something in them that was put in them when they were little. The same thing with Amanda. The same thing with Nene. The same thing with Vivian. The same thing with my own daughter. The same thing with Angel. Something was put in them when they were little, tiny, Kid brats that didn't know anything about anything, but their parents brought them to church and they heard the word of God and they heard the music and they heard the singing and they heard crazy Pastor Jerry up here yelling and screaming and they didn't know what was going on, but something was put inside of them. And even today, somehow, some way, God allowed them to be here so that I could use them as as an example, a real-life example of how God's Word never comes back void. Never. But I always stop and think about all those kids growing up in the United States of America, going into our public school systems where they used to pray, where they used to read the Bible, where they used to talk about God, where they used to teach the Bible, where they used to literally teach that God created the heavens and the earth, not none of this evolution stuff, no, 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 where they would teach the kids of America that God is real, that the Bible is real. But I think, and I can't help but to, to think, of all those kids growing up in this country that have never, ever been exposed to the gospel. Some of these kids have never in their life even gone into a church. Never. And it's a, it's a sad thing. The reason these kids, well, they're not kids anymore. They're young adults now. But the reason why they're in church is because when they were little, God implanted the Spirit of God in them. I see little Emmanuel back there. Maybe God had to drag him to church here today. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Because, Sergio, there's nothing more powerful for a little boy than for him to be in church with his dad sitting next to him the way you're doing right now. That is one of the most powerful things that a parent can do for their children is to bring their kids. And Gilbert, we're going to keep praying for your kids. And I see Richard and Kathy, and we're going to pray for your kids. Because you know what? You've raised these kids up in church. And maybe they're not where, they, where you would like to see them, but you know what? God's in there. God is in there. That seed of God is inside of them. You've done your part as a parent to, reach, or to teach your kids about God, and God's going to come through for you. Don't give up. Same thing with you, Albert, with all your kids. I mean, even way before you came to our church, you were already serving God, and you were raised Pastor Fernando's church, and, and you were doing your thing for God there, and you were raising all your little ones for God. Now, they may not be in the right place right now, but believe me, God is in their heart. But again, think about all those kids that are out there right now that have nothing of God in them. We need to pray for our country church. You guys follow me so far? Deuteronomy 15, 15 says this, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Deuteronomy 16, 12, he says it again, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 18, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. Deuteronomy 24, 22, God says it again. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. Psalm chapter 78 verse 10, another long section of, scripture let me just read it because the word of god speaks for itself it says this they did not keep god's covenant and refused to live by his law they forget they forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors, in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zone. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day and with the light from the fire all night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling In the wilderness against the Most High, they willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, He struck the rock and water gushed out streams flowed abundantly but can he also give us bread can he supply meat for his people when the lord heard them he was furious his fire broke out against jacob and his wrath rose against israel for they did not believe in god or trust in his deliverance yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of the heavens he rained down manna for the people to eat he gave them the grain of heaven human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. He let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He, made, he rained meat down on them like dust, birds like sand on the seashore. He made them come down inside their camp, all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. He had given them what they craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he ended their days in futility and their years in terror. Whenever God slew them, they would seek him. They eagerly turned to him again. They remembered the God that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. But then they would flatter Him with their mouths, lying to Him with their thoughts. Their hearts were not loyal to Him. They were not faithful to His covenant. Yet He was merciful. He, he forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time, He restrained His anger and did not stir up His full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again, they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power. Listen to this. They did not remember His power. The day He redeemed them from the oppressor. The day He displayed His signs in Egypt, His wonders in the region of Zone, He turned their river into blood. They could not drink from their streams. He sent swarms of flies and devoured them, and frogs that devastated them. He gave their crops to the grasshopper, they, their, their produce to the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore figs with sleet. He gave over their cattle to, hail, to the hail, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He unleashed against them his hot anger, his wrath, indignation and hostility, a band of destroying angels. He prepared a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave them over to the plague. He struck down all the firstborn of Egypt, the firstfruits of manhood in the tents of Ham. But he brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the wilderness. He guided them safely so they were unafraid, but the sea engulfed their enemies. And so he brought them to the border of his holy land, to the hill country his right hand had taken. He drove out nations before them and allotted their lands to them as an inheritance. He settled the tribes of Israel in their homes, but they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not keep His statutes. I know I've said this before. I'm going to say it again and probably keep saying it more and more. It's so hard to believe for me how many times I've seen with my own eyes so many people that God has saved. People that were really messed up in their lives. People maybe coming right out of prison. People hooked on drugs or alcohol or caught up in some other kind of madness. And God miraculously and supernaturally has saved them. People that were literally dying of cancer or incurable diseases. And God heals them and he saves them. And they begin to serve God. And they come to church. And they're faithful to come to church. But then little by little, they start drifting away. Drifting away. Why? Because they forgot where they came from. They allow themselves to, to, to forget where they came from. Why? Because they start coming to church. And when you start coming to church, God begins to straighten your life out. God begins to bless you. God begins to allow you to, 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 be, to prosper. You start maybe getting a good job and a good career and making good money. And all of a sudden you think you're all hot. And you think you're a big shot. And you think you don't need God anymore. And you forget about church. And you forget about prayer. And you forgot where you came from. And then God has to humble us to remind us hey dude you can't do this without me and it's a very very sad thing and it happens a lot where people are in a mess they come to god god rescues them god blesses them and then they say see you later god i'm going to do my own thing and it's a very very sad thing Those of you that are still in church, congratulations. Praise God. You're still doing your thing for Jesus. You haven't given up. Now, I know that I shared even this before. But whenever I start getting discouraged about something, I think I even said it last week, whenever I start feeling overwhelmed, whenever I I begin to get upset or frustrated or hurt about something or someone, whenever I feel threatened or in danger or scared of losing something or someone that is precious to me, I go back to the day when I got saved and it puts everything back into perspective. Why? Because nothing in this life compares to that day when I got saved. Nothing is more important than that day for me. Nothing is more significant for me than that day. Nothing is more miraculous and glorious for me than that day. I remember how God supernaturally revealed my sin to me. How he made me aware that I was in trouble on my way to hell. It scared the hell right out of me and I'm glad that he did. How he helped me to hear the gospel message. How he cried how I cried out to him and how He saved me, and how He forgave me. Then in the morning, that was during the night. All this madness was going on during the night. It was freaking me out. It was scary. But you know what? In the morning, I remember clearly that I literally felt like I had been asleep for 19 years of my life. I was 19 years old when God saved me. And I felt like I had been asleep for 19 years. And now I had waken up god woke me up and for the first time i realized how beautiful the world was i noticed the sky remember opening up the the curtains and i noticed the sky and the clouds and the trees and all of god's creation i was not on lsd i was not tripping out no no no. i was high on the holy ghost praise god i woke up god woke me up and i realized that god was god and that he was a creator the best example that I can give you of how powerful this experience was for me is the movie The Wizard of Oz. Have any of you seen the movie The Wizard of Oz? Some of you young people don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you kids, okay? Anyways, if you saw the movie The Wizard of Oz, uh, remember at the beginning of the movie, it's all black and white. No color, okay? Then when Dorothy is in her house, and her house is pulled up into the tornado, and when, she, when it's pulled up into the tornado, it knocks her out, And then the house lands with a big thump. And then when she wakes up, she's in her house, and the scene is still in black and white, okay? But when she opens the door to go outside, all of a sudden, it turns into living color. That's how I remember it was for me. I opened the window, I opened the shades, and man, I saw God's creation. That's the closest example of how it was for me when I got saved. And and it, it was like I woke up and realized that God was real. God is a creator and he saved me. God rescued me. Now I belong to him. I was born again. I was a child of God. I had, I had nothing to do with it. It was all because of what Christ did for me on the cross. What is the Apostle Paul saying to the Galatians? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, I am astonished. I am shocked. I can't believe that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. He's saying, what's wrong with you guys? Don't you remember how powerful the experience was that got you saved, where you were lost and on your way to hell, and how God saved you, and now you're forgetting about all that? And he said, I'm shocked, and I'm going to write this letter to straighten out your crazy, stinking thinking and get you right back on track. Listen, once in a while, God has to get a hold of us and get us back on track, church. And that's what God was doing here with the Galatians. He was getting them back on track. He was saying, never forget what God did for you and how he saved you. No matter what is going on in your life, go back to that day. When God saved you, and it will help you to be at peace. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you will encourage those of us who are Christians, that, Lord, when we get caught up with our present circumstances, when we get caught up with the stress and the responsibilities and the pressures of this life, when we get caught up with the trials and we get scared or we get feel insecure or we feel intimidated or we feel overwhelmed. Lord God, remind us of how powerful it was when you saved us, Lord God. And all of these concerns will fall to the wayside. If you're powerful enough to bring us out of darkness and into the light, then you are powerful enough to bring us through whatever trial and tribulation we will go through in life. And those that are listening right now and those that maybe are here right now, perhaps we're getting ourselves involved in things that we shouldn't get ourselves involved in. Perhaps we're dabbling in things that we're not supposed to be dabbling in. Perhaps, Lord God, we're forgetting and we're getting careless and we're getting uh, uh, ignorant and and we're getting, Lord God, uh, we're, we're, we're just taking risks that we shouldn't be taking lord help us to get back on track with you help us not to be dancing with the devil help us lord god to repent to get our lives right and to live our lives for you those of you online that are listening if you want to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior those of you that are here right now if you want to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior just say this prayer right now father in the name of jesus I realize that I am a sinner and tonight I confess and I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you that you died and on the third day you rose again from the dead so that through you, Lord, I can have eternal life I accept the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind in Jesus name I pray Amen God bless your church if any of you that are out there receive Jesus tonight give us a call, we want to get you a Bible we want to have a conversation with you we want to explain to you what happened please feel free to give us a call and we'll contact you God bless your church.